Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. Let's pray for the word today. Let's pray for God to speak to us. Amen. Come on, pray with me. Thank you, Lord God, for your written word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have spoken things for all people at all times. And we're going to open your word today and say, this is for us. Come on, say it. This is for me. This word is for me. I need it. I need to hear what your word says, God. But more than that, Holy Spirit, I ask you to speak specifically to me. Speak to me specifically. Speak to every person here, the puzzle piece they need, the perfect word, Lord Jesus. We trust you to do it. We know you are faithful. And we say, do it again. Do it today in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. We need the written and the rhema. You know the difference? I don't have time for this. The written word is obvious, right? It's what's written in the Bible. But the rhema word is when Jesus said, man does not live on, on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That word, word is rhema. It's the present tense pronunciation. It's the now word, okay? So the thing that gives you life is actually when the Holy Spirit breathes on and speaks the written word to you for this moment. He highlights it or, or says, this is your word right now, or it speaks to you just directly. Amen? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's really important. We need both of those things, all right? We believe in both of those things. And so that's why I pray that way before we open the message. We want you to have both of those today. And now that we're rolling into it, we want to welcome our microsites watching all over the United States. Hello, let's welcome them. They're on video right now. Come on, welcome them. Clap it up for them all over the place. Murfreesboro, Tennessee with Angie Kappen, Pastor Angie, our brand new one. Bless you. Uh, thank you for your faithfulness. We got those microsites rolling. They're pretty cool. They're like little church plants all around the United States and the world, really. We have one in Germany. So did you know this is an international church? Uh-huh. Crazy. Anyway. All right, well, with that, we're going to jump into part three of Valuable Seasons. Come on, has this series been good for anybody so far? We're learning to value our seasons so that we from every season, right? We're learning that it's possible to receive value from every season, and this is something the Lord spoke to me in, in highlighting the fact that this season we're in is the season of the new covenant. Say new covenant. Now, good news should never be old news. Right. So don't get tired of hearing this kind of thing. You're in the new covenant, the better covenant with better promises officiated by the greatest high priest ever, Jesus Christ himself. That's good news. Somebody say amen. Come on. So we are in a new season of the of God, a new epic, right? A new time where we need to really let go of old covenant paradigms quickly so that we don't hurt ourselves trying to operate in two covenants because it's impossible. It's impossible to operate in two covenants. It is impossible. And the church is trying, and that's why it's broken. I'm telling you the truth right now. I don't have time for that, but that's why it's broken because we have old covenant paradigms trying to force it into a new covenant season, and it no worky. It does not work, okay? It's like pick and choose, pick your poison, like, okay, no more bloody, like, goat sacrifice at our worship gatherings, but yeah, we need to make sure that we follow those uh, feasts. <laughs> we need to make sure we follow those rules. 
right? It's like, well, why do you get to pick and choose which one you, you do? It doesn't make any sense. And in fact, Paul said some bold stuff to the Galatians. You should read the book of Galatians. It's really awesome. You know, it's in that other big book called the Bible. It's really great. <laughs> and he says that if you are guilty of breaking one part of the law, you're guilty of all of it being broken. He says, if you want to follow one part, you better follow all of it. So if you're like, okay, we need to make sure that we still keep the feast because those are forever. Okay, you also better stand when a gray-haired man walks in the room. I got some grays. Y'all didn't stand when I walked in. You know, you can't sit in a seat that a woman sat in during her menstrual cycle, ever. Yeah, that's part of the law, ever, ever. Can't wear clothing with two types of thread in it. Everyone needs to strip naked right now if we're going to obey the law. Every single one of you are in disobedience of the law. It's like, oh, you can't have tattoos. You can't wear that shirt. Literally, that's how it works. If you want to obey one part, you better obey all of it. Okay? I'm not even talking about this today, but I'm trying to recap. <laughs> this is family time, I guess. I don't know. The point is, we are not law-led in this season. We are value-led in this season of the new covenant. Amen? And that's a really good thing. Jesus put the whole thing in two values. Love God with everything you are. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Everything else depends on that. It's great. I love it. I'm so happy I'm a new covenant preacher, not an old covenant. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Tracy's glad she's not the old covenant prophet. Like, seriously. Oh, my. I'm glad. Yeah. And we still got, like, people trying to be old covenant prophets in the new covenant. And that's where we get really messed up. Anyway, so knowing that this covenant is value-led, it felt good to me and the Holy Spirit to review our core values as a church because they're the specific values that God gave to us and then to this body, to this house. I don't know if you guys know this. If you zoom out, we are a church of over almost 400 people if you put it all in one thing with all our different gatherings and everything. So, and this church is two and a half years old. God is doing something Really amazing. That doesn't count our microsites or our online audience. It doesn't even take into account what most people take into account. The people have given. If I take the amount of people who have given, we're a church over a thousand. If you, because that's how most people count it. All right, but I'm only counting regular attendance. Okay, and we're right around 400 people. If you count three out of four Sundays a month. Anyway, sorry. Um, what I'm saying is, like, you might come to one gathering, or you might just, you know hang out a little bit or whatever, but if you call this your house, this thing is moving, okay, really fast, really fast, in a pandemic, <laughs> okay, so we need to be sure of our core. It's going to be vital for us to maintain these values no matter what happens tomorrow or next year or 10 years from now. These are the guiding factor of our church, amen? Okay, so I might teach on them once or twice a year for that reason. You just got to have to get used to it, okay? Because it is that important. Amen? Okay. So today, we're going to talk about our second core value, empowerment. We talked about honor last week, but we're being led by values in this covenant, okay? And so the purpose being to get season from uh, value from every season, being led by values, we're going to be led by this value that we empower who? Everyone, that's right. Let's say it together. We empower everyone. And this is our definition, to give strength and confidence for every person to walk in godliness. 
to give strength and confidence for every person to walk in godliness. We're not empowering people into sin. We're not empowering people into wickedness. We're not empowering lying or greed, but we will empower people who lie and are greedy because we empower everyone. Are you with me? Okay, do you believe lying is a sin? Yeah, everyone's agreement? All right, yes, okay. Stealing, let's take thievery. Let's make it a little more intense. Is stealing sinful? Yes. Are we called to empower the thief? Yes. Are we empowering them to steal? No. We are empowering them, giving them strength and confidence to walk in godliness. Are you with me? Like, how can you empower that person? I'm not empowering them towards what they're doing. I'm empowering them out of what they're doing. Are you with me? Into godliness. Okay, that's our, that's our definition. So today I want to answer one question, and I have 20 minutes because I have to go to South Tampa, okay, for our other lovely campus down there. So can you listen fast? Yeah? One, said, one person said yes. Can you listen fast? Okay. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> There's two things we need in order to walk in godly strength and confidence no matter what, no matter the season. So the question is, how can we walk in godly strength and godly confidence no matter what the season? How can we do that? Two things. Ready? Right at the beginning. Number one, we need to lean into the grace of God. Lean hard into the grace of God. And we're going to talk about what that means. Number two, we need to understand our royal identity in Christ. You need to know who you are if you're going to walk in godly strength and confidence. Okay? Understand our royal identity in Christ. I could talk about both of these things for about six months each. So here's just the bullet points. All right? Here it is. First of all, we need to lean into the grace of God. We need to define that word because people use it all the time. Right? What is grace? There's grace for that. Grace for this. I have grace for you. Grace, grace, grace. Right? Uh, it's used all over the place, but I'm not sure we understand the definition. Helps Word Studies says... This word charis, it's where we get charismatic from, right? Charisma, gifted, it means favor, disposed to, inclined, favorable towards. You might have heard unmerited favor. That's a good definition, right? Leaning towards to share benefit is the literal translation. Leaning towards to share benefit. This is preeminently used of the Lord's favor, freely extended to give himself away to people because he is always leaning toward them. This is good news, y'all. God is always leaning towards you. You can't make him go like this. You can't make him like, oh, back up. No matter what you do, he doesn't react like, oh, I don't want any of that. No, he is always leaning towards you. He's saying, here, I have a gift for you. That's grace. Charis uh, answers directly to the Old Testament term, kana, and it means extension toward Okay, both refer to God freely extending himself, his favor and grace, reaching and inclining to people because he is disposed to bless them. That's God's disposition. You know, you've heard someone has a, like a healthy disposition. They have a favorable disposition. Well, God has the most favorable disposition. He wants to bless you. He's always disposed to bless you. He's like, I'm, I'm ready to bless you right now. I'm ready to bless you in the midst of your sin. I'm ready to bless you. While you're being hateful, I'm ready to bless you. He is always leaning towards you, ready to bless you. That's what the grace of God is. Strong's Concordance says, grace is a manner or act, especially the, the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life, including gratitude, benefit, favor, etc." I need to say this to you, and you need to just think on it for a second, okay? Mercy is for your mistakes, but grace is for your godliness. 
Okay, we have it backwards. A lot of times we say, oh, I need grace. Would you give me grace for that? Let's give them grace for that. Because when we usually say that, we say it when we messed up, right? We say it when somebody screws up. Oh, just give me grace. No, the thing is you had grace, you didn't use it, and now you need mercy. Mercy is for your mistakes. Mercy is when you mess up. I need mercy. Give me mercy, please. I did that wrong. Grace actually is the benefit. It's walking in the favor of God. It's walking in his pleasure. It's walking in his blessing. It's walking in his goodness. Do you understand? Yeah? Are you following me? Okay. You might not think I'm right, but I am. I'm going to read you a verse that will prove it, okay? Because the grace of God is meant to empower you to live God-like. Titus 2, 11 through 14 says, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation, say salvation, salvation, salvation for all people, training us, say training us, to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. That's what grace does. Yeah. Did you hear that? Grace both saves us and trains us. Grace saves you and trains you to be like God. Come on. It's like, oh, I need grace. Give me grace. That Well, there was a grace operating that was training you out of that ungodliness. There was a grace available always leaning towards you, right? There was a benefit for you. He was giving you the opportunity to walk in uprightness, right, out of worldly passions, right, to walk out of lawlessness and to walk in purity. That was available the whole time. There's a grace that trains that's available to you at every moment. It is for your godliness. When we say we empower everyone, we intend to give you the strength to walk in godlikeness as you pursue the dreams of your heart, as you go to work, as you talk to your family. We are supposed to be godlike and very good. That's what they were in the garden. Adam and Eve were godlike and very good. And we actually have a higher commissioning than theirs, we have more authority than they do. Everybody's like, oh, it's so great to walk with Adam and Eve in the garden. You know what Adam and Eve are doing in the cloud of witnesses right now? Like, what is it like to walk in the new covenant down there? Oh, my gosh. They're waiting for you to get to heaven to talk to them. What was that like? I'm telling you. I'll prove it to you. They were commissioned to govern the earth, everything that crawled on the earth, the water, the birds of the sky. But the sun and the moon were over the times and seasons, right? They were in the heavens. In the Great Commission, Matthew 28, Jesus said, all authority in the heavens and the earth has been given to me. Now you go. They had authority over the earth. We have authority in the heavens and the earth. We have a higher commissioning than they did. Because grace is upon us to walk like God right now. God has given you the key. He's given you the tool. It's called grace. So walking in godly strength and confidence, no matter what the season, only comes by great grace. You need to receive as much as you can from the Lord as often as possible. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And in fact, here's the scandal of this whole thing. You've been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms already. You're seated with him in the heavenly places already. That means you don't need grace to come from heaven upon you. You need grace to come up on you. From the inside up on you. You need to be going, you need to put your hand on your belly. <laughs> just because that's kind of like makes a little bit logical sense. And say, 
Holy Spirit, I need grace to walk in godliness right now. When tempted, when aggravated, when sleepy, when hungry, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Come on. This is how you walk in strength and confidence in every season. The Apostle Paul actually made an outrageous claim. He made the claim that he outworked every other apostle. Did you know that? He said he was more effective than any of the other apostles. Wow, that's crazy. But do you know how that passage starts? Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 15, 9 through 10. It says, I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his, help me, grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Come on. The grace of God empowered him to work harder than any of the rest. This guy was definitely walking in his new covenant season, all right? He was once a murderer of the believers. And then he was a mighty missionary apostle who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. How did that happen? Grace. I'm telling you the truth. There is an empowering grace available to you today. There is an empowering grace available to you today. Quit the garbage of I'm only human. Quit that crap. Sorry. Our middle schoolers are in the garden over there, so I figure I could talk to you this way. I don't know. All right? Our kiddos are away. This, this is an adult time. Adult talk. Quit that crap. I'm only human. You're making theological excuses for you to, to ignore the grace of God on your life. <laughs> Come on. You're refusing God's grace and saying, well, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just a person. I'm just a man. I'm just a woman. I can't do it all. Actually, you're no longer human. Paul said to the Corinthians, are you acting as mere humans? What's wrong with you? You have something otherly inside of you. You have the power of a billion suns and times infinity living inside of you. You're like, oh, it's so difficult. No, it's only difficult because you believe it's difficult. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Paul talked about every season being empowered in the grace of God. And this is how he worked harder than all the rest, was more effective than all the rest. Philippians 4, 11 through 13, the Passion Translation, he said this, I know what it means to lack. I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm, listen, trained. I'm trained. How is that happening? Grace trains us. He says, I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. I'm not telling you this because I'm in need, I, for I have learned to be satisfied in any circumstance. You want to walk in strength and godliness no matter the season? You need great grace like that to train you. You need to lean into the grace of God. Amen? All right, that's point number one of my sermon. I have two points. Are you ready for point number two? Does that make sense? I could keep going on that subject. I don't have time. We okay? Fam, we good? All right. <laughs> number two, you need to understand your royal identity in Christ. You need to know who you are. Now, I have taken, with our Vanguard school, we took nine months, two nights a week, and I taught for an hour each night on this subject. Okay, so this is really the tip of the iceberg, what I'm about to talk to you about. All right, I could teach on this for nine months, two hours a week for nine months if I wanted to. All right, I'm not going to do that to you. 
right now, but I could. And if you want a little bit of that, you should sign up for the Jesus Lab. It's coming, coming uh, open soon. But I'm not going to do that to you today, mainly because I don't have time. But you need to understand a couple things about your royal identity in Christ. Did you know that you're empowered as a king or a queen right now? Did you know that you can walk as a king or a queen on the earth right now? Yeah, I know you do because you're in the Jesus lab. I know. Yeah. Listen to this. Romans 5, uh, Romans 5, 17 through 18 says, Death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, that's Adam. He were dumb. Adam. That's talking about Adam, right? By the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of, help me, grace, and continue reigning as kings in life? You need to lean into the grace of God and understand your royal identity. It's right there in that verse, that one sentence, all right? We're held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness. Say perfect righteousness. Oh, if the church understood you have the gift of perfect righteousness. We'll never be perfect. What are you talking about? It's actually the plan. I don't have time for that. Uh, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. In other words, just as condemnation came upon all people through one transgression, that's Adam, so through one righteous act of Jesus' sacrifice, the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to a victorious life is now available to all. A victorious life is available to you right now. It's not name it and claim it mumbo jumbo. It's the word of God. Get over it. Wouldn't you want to walk in victory? Why are you claiming you never will? I'm never going to be free of this. I'm never going to be free of that. You just don't. You have a belief issue. That's all it is. Thank you. I agree with you. We're actually royalty. You know this verse, 1 Peter 2, 9. We're a royal priesthood. You've heard that? Yeah? If you've been in church any amount of time, you've heard that. This is in the Passion Translation. It says, you are God's chosen treasure. Priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Come on, you're supposed to be a broadcast system of God's glorious wonders. We're empowered to be Christ-like right now. 1 John 4, 17, you've heard this verse. It's in the Amplified, a little different. In this union and fellowship with him, love is completed and perfected with us. Y'all just need to believe your stinking Bibles. <laughs> it's being recorded. It's being recorded. It's being recorded. <laughs> Love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment with assurance and boldness to face him because this is radical because as he is, so are we in this world. That was written by the Apostle John, y'all. Get with me for a second. John saw him float into the sky. 
John was standing on the hill of Galilee when he ascended. John saw it happen and dared to write that after the fact. As he is, so also are we in this world. If you ever sin again, you should look in the mirror and say, that was so unlike you. Who was that? Instead of, oh, God, I'm a wretched sinner. He goes, no, you're not. You know what sin is for the believer? It's just bad acting. It's just really cheesy acting that makes you want to throw up when you're watching it. You know, you're just like, oh, this movie has terrible acting. That's all sin is for the believer. You're being a bad actor. You're acting a part that's not yours to play, and you're really sucky at it. Did you know you're a really bad sinner? Did you know you're a really bad sinner? You're just not good at it. <laughs> you know why? Because God made you a saint. If you're not a saint, then two-thirds of the New Testament is illegal reading for you. It says to the saints in Ephesus, to the saints in Rome, to the saints in Philippi. All that's illegal reading if you ain't one. So just rip it out of your Bible and only take the stuff that doesn't directly address the saints. Because it's not yours. All you sinners. <laughs> I have to keep moving here. He says, as he is, so are we in this world. Just go ahead and dare to pray that. Jesus, as you are. Come on, Jesus, as you are. So am I in this world. Yeah. Your behavior will catch up when you believe what you just said. I love you. <laughs> we are actually the lookalike partner to the Son of God. Romans 7, 4 says we, we've been... Uh, died to the law through the body of Christ so that we may belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead. It's the covenant of marriage. It's talking about there. Romans 8, 29 says, those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. The same image of, the, of Christ. 2 Corinthians 3, 18 says, we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. This comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, that word transformed is literally the Greek word transfigured. It's the same word that it says on Matthew, in Matthew 17, when Jesus went up the mountain and was transfigured before them, his clothes turned all white, all that stuff. It's the same word. So get with me here. All right. Did Jesus become holy on the mountain? Was that a moment where he went from unholy to holy? Did he go from unglorious to glorious? <laughs> Did he go from bad to good? But was he transformed? It's the same word. Was he transfigured before them? Okay. And we are being transfigured into the same image. You're not getting holier. You're getting a revelation of his holiness in you. You're not getting sanctified. You're getting a revelation of the person called sanctification. First Corinthians 1 says he became to us sanctification. I'm going to mess with you really bad right now and then leave. <laughs> Sanctification is not a process. It's a person. So this is how we can walk in. That was not fair to you to say that and leave. But yeah, that's okay. Just take it to the Lord. 
There's a process called revelation where you're getting an unveiling of who he is in you. Christ in you is the hero of your story. So there's a process. I'm continually seeing Jesus more clearly, but you're not getting holier. You're getting a revelation of his holiness in you because it's not your own holiness. It's his. Come on. All right. I feel a little better about that now. But this is how we can walk in godly strength and confidence no matter what the season we lean heavily into the grace of God. We receive from the Lord everything we need for every moment. The empowering grace, right? The gifts. Some of you have gifts you are not walking in because you don't see them as godly. Did you know like accounting is a gift? Like, uh, like reconciling bank statements can be done in partnership with the grace of God. Did you know that? Yeah. You could be like an accountant for multi-billionaires and be making a few million yourself if you would just lean into that grace on your life. You might be watching at one of our microsites, but I feel like this is a word of knowledge for someone that there is an, a gift of helps and administration. Did you know that? It's in the Bible. And that word helps is literally strategy and reconciliation, like the ability to reconcile bank statements is one example of that administrative gift. That's a gift of the spirit. And we think, oh, well, it's just when you lay hands on people and they fall down. That guy's charismatic. No. The lady who sits there and makes the books work, and not illegally, but legally, you know what I'm saying? Not cooking the books, but working the books, you know? The one who reconciles the bank statements, that's a gift of the Spirit of God. It's a gift of administration and helps. Helps isn't just taking out the trash, okay? It isn't. It's a strategic gift. Like there's a secretarial, there's a heavenly secretary type gift where the secretary is like the most valuable member of the company. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what it, I feel it is. That's why I'm saying it. I feel like somebody is a secretary and you might be in the room. You might be on live stream right now, but I feel like you're a secretary and you're like, oh, I wish God would use me. <laughs> and you actually have gifts for it. And you love what you do and you're looking to get, you're looking like at your job as less spiritual. It's not true. That's BS, bad spiritual teaching. All right. You need to lean into the grace of God in your season. Amen. All right. I'm, I'm moving on. You need to lean heavily into the grace of God. You need to receive from God and go where the grace is on your life. Amen. I have a teaching grace. That's how I can teach six times a weekend and love it. Okay. I have a teaching gift. I could do this in my sleep. Okay. You could say, Caleb, you'd give me a topic and I would close my Bible and teach on it with the Bible. I have a grace for that. I can't strive for that. It's just natural. It's super natural. That's when you know it's a grace. Are you with me? Gigi has a grace to lead prophetic worship. She doesn't even have to be in the mood. She can just get up here and say, Jesus, and, and we're all going in. We're, there's a grace on our life. Amen? Come on. Are you following this? Okay. Lean heavily into the grace of God if you want to walk in strength and confidence every day of your life. All right? Number two, you need to understand your royal identity in Christ. What I gave you today was the tip of the iceberg. You need to really go into a deep dive of those verses. You need to read Romans 6, 7, and 8 all the way through at least 10 times in five different translations slowly. Okay? And you need to attend the Jesus lab. That's true. That's true. You need to do that. Anyway, someone had the idea that you could use that stim check to sign up for the Jesus lab. That wasn't my idea. Wasn't my idea. She's in the back of the room. You can blame her. Anyway. 
Anyway, would you stand? We're going to pray, and then I got to go to South Campus. Watching on microsites, if you would stand wherever you are, um, just join us. We're virtually together, spiritually one. Stand up, and we're going to pray. I want you to pray for yourself. No one else is praying for you right now, okay? So if you are praying for you, no one is praying for you. Put your hand on your heart and say, Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the grace of God on my life. Thank you for your grace in my life. I choose to receive from your grace. I'm gonna go where the grace is. I'm gonna lean into your grace. I ask you to teach me even more what that means as I continue this week in those thoughts. I thank you, Lord, for great grace on my life. I receive it from your spirit within me. And I thank you, Jesus, that you made me royalty. Come on, you've made me royalty. You made me a king or a queen of the kingdom. You've made me your royal child. That's who I am. Lord, would you reveal to me my royal identity even more as I continue in you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for doing it. We trust you, Holy Spirit, to help us walk in strength and confidence. Just declare over yourself right now, I will walk in godly strength and godly confidence every day of my life. I will walk in godly strength and confidence no matter what the season. Come on, say it over yourself. I will walk in godly strength and confidence no matter what the season. I declare over you that's the truth. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, say amen. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com.